Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. My name is Baro, and with me today to talk everything Chivas Femenil is Melissa. Melissa, what's up? I'm just doing fine, trying to, to get back into also into work mode because I just returned to the office this week. But yeah, I mean, the league's back, and now we're back also here to, to talk about Chivas. Yeah, uh, we got past all the all the season all the end the end of the season drama, and now we just have the fallout basically where everybody landed after they left us. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know who who tweeted this that I, I'm now following a bunch of Tigres and Rayados <laughs> players. Yeah, they're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> the last time we recorded, we had said. I think we got up to Maria Sanchez and Nicole Perez not renewing. But we didn't know where they were landing. Now, we now know Maria Sanchez signed with Tigres. And uh, she even made her debut this week. I think because Ovalle tested positive for COVID. If I'm not mistaken. Mm, yeah, I don't think that it's been like officially confirmed. But that's like what the, the rumors saying. And I mean, I, I know we... We don't exactly, she isn't exactly our favorite player, but I feel bad for Ovalle because this is the second time she gets COVID, so. Oh, damn. I mean, tough luck for her, but yeah, I mean, that also kind of opens up a bit the space for, for Maria to, to have, like, guaranteed minutes there with Tigres. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. I watched the highlights to see if she got any assists, but nothing yet, so it doesn't, it doesn't once she gets that first assist, it's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Then we had also Nicole Perez and Andrea Sanchez. They have signed with Rayadas. And they both made their debut this week too. Um, no assists for either of them either, I believe. I think the quality of the, the videos they uploaded on YouTube were not great. Like um, like for some reason, my computer always has it at 480p. And I went to open it to like make the HD resolution. But 480p was like the max. I was like, what, what is this, like 2007? Why is it so low? But I couldn't tell if Nicole got an assist or not. I don't know if you you might know. Um, I actually have the the league official stats here, so mm-hmm. that should tell us. Okay, let me check because it should be in here. But yeah, I mean, I kind of also I don't know if this was because of the quality of the video, but I kind of didn't feel like Nicole did like a whole lot on the match. So, wait, let's see. No, she didn't get any assists. Okay, so we don't have anything to add to the uh, Chivas Prospering thread yet. Yeah, I mean, I will say, out of all the moves, I think that probably the one that, that kind of like hurt me the most was Nicole. Because I, I kind of feel like she should have moved to Pachuca instead of, of Rayadas. Like, I understand that, that with Rayadas it's going to be easier to make finals. But like mid long term, I think that it would have been more interesting to see her move to Pachuca with with Tonya Is, who is like a U17 World Cup champion coach, and like maybe see how her development could have progressed with a coach like that. Because um, Rayadas' coach uh, Hector Becerra, he's not the greatest at developing youth talent. So, I mean, I kind of understand it. Like the salary and, and the finals was the thing that lured her in, but I kind of would have preferred to see her at Pachuca in terms of how better of a springboard that would have been for her in terms of looking for a for a move abroad. I mean, I still think that she 
she has everything she needs to do that move, but I think that it would have been better for her development to to go to Pachuca. So I guess that's kind of why I Nicole's move to Rayadas was the out of all the moves the one that hurt the most. Yeah, it's um I mean it sucks that they all left, but I thought Nicole Perez, you know, they they usually they usually emphasize a lot that she was um you know, Chiva de Corazon, so I didn't think she would leave, but it is what it is. And now we're left with who we have left. Um, we also have uh, Norma Palafox. She left Chivas. She went to join Pachuca. She'll be joining them in the second half of the year because she's going to do another stint at the Exatlon, which um, I guess Chivas just didn't want to give her permission to go to Exatlon again, and that was maybe the biggest disagreement they had. Yeah, I mean, I understand it on behalf of the club because it took her like maybe like a full season to get back in mm-hmm. rhythm. And then she she just like I think this season was when she started performing better and everything, and then after that she says okay I want to go back to to Exatlon and I mean as a club you don't want to lose your player, like basically for a whole year because it's six months off to go to Exatlon and then six months to get her back in shape. So I mean I I kind of understand why why Chivas would say no to that, but also I mean if they're offering you the kind of money that Exatlon is offering that no team in the league is going to match. I mean, just go for it because we know that wages aren't still that great. And if this is her chance to like secure her her future financially, I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to to like hold a grudge against her because of that. I mean, every, anybody would do that. So, I mean, I don't think it's fair to criticize her. And I know that a lot of the players have gotten like. Uh, uh, they've been called like mercenarias and people are, have been like really angry at them but I mean we need to understand that that it is what it is I mean if the club already like the environment wasn't that great and you're in a job that where you can get a, a raise somewhere else and also better environment I mean it's understandable I mean it doesn't make it hurt any less but I mean, yeah, I mean, no, no grudge against any of the players that left because, I mean, also Janelli left to America. Yeah, I know we were, we were talking offline and I was telling you that, you know, I don't blame any of the players for leaving to get paid because as an athlete, if, you know, that's your profession and you can get hurt at any any second in any game and your career could be over. So I think they have to get paid whenever possible. Get as much money as you can in your career because you never know when it can just end all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, I don't blame Norma or Maria or Nicole for leaving if if money was the reason that they left. And then when Janelli signed with America, I remember I told you offline, I was like, as long as no one goes to America, we'll be fine. And then Janelli <laughs> and then signed she... with America, I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> you jinxed it. No, I mean, kind of like to put it into context, because like I know that, that people have been also making like a ton of noise about why would she go to America if she is like a hardcore Chivas fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that one of the bigger underlying reasons behind the move, besides that America is one of the few teams that that can pay her what what she deserves to be paid, is that, you know, Leo Cuellar is there. And maybe uh, a lot of fans haven't picked up on that yet, but she's said, like, publicly on interviews, like, I owe my career to to Leo Cuellar. And, like, he's the the coach that she knows the best, and she has, like, a, a... great relationship with him 
So of course, I mean, if he is going to, to, to ask her, you know, would you like to join the team? I mean, it goes beyond the fact that it's America and it's more like her going to, to the coach that she knows best and where she's going to be a starter and where she's going to be also like financially taken care of. So, I mean, it, it kind of made sense for me that she would go to the team that Leo Cuellar is coaching. I mean, besides the fact that, that it's America. Yeah, and she also debuted on uh, over the weekend. America lost 2-1 to Atlas. But um, I, I was watching Janelle. I watched, I think, like the first half. And she, she had a good game. She looked good out there. So I'm happy for her, especially after uh, the season. She couldn't participate last season because of the injury. So it's good to see her bounce back. Yeah, she was like um, getting like really good long passes. I think that she even improved. Like she always comes back from injuries like even fitter than before she got injured. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just like um, I hope that all of them like have great seasons. I hope that they all stay injury free because it's not just about you know us, us caring about them as players, but all of them are also national team. Uh, level players so Mm -hmm. if they are doing well and if they're healthy then also the mexican national team is going to be better for it so i just i hope that they they all do well yep and then lastly is there a uh all-time chivas leading goal scorer curse going on because every time somebody breaks it they they end up leaving chivas first it was ruby soto and now norma palafox is gone yeah, maybe that's why Licha didn't score. She doesn't <laughs> want to. She doesn't want to leave, so she'll stop scoring now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we clearly have something. I think it's Angelica Fuentes just throwing a curse at Chivas Femenil. <laughs> but then, yeah, I mean, we we definitely need to look into that. Yeah, and then uh, you know we had to make, I would say like big name signings, but we did make three before the season started. She was signed Gabriela Valenzuela, a striker from Amadas FC, who also participated in the FIFA Homeless World Cup that I was not aware of. And then they signed Carlos Bernal, left back from Rayadas, I guess, ideally to replace Andrea Sanchez. And then we have Cynthia Rodriguez called up from the youth squad. Yeah, I mean, the, these weren't like big name signings, but uh, about Gabriela Valenzuela... She she mentioned in the interview that she's played um, beach soccer and then she was at the at the homeless World Cup where Mexico were champions and she mentioned that that she had worked with coach Mario Dominguez with the physical trainer so I guess that's where the connection was made to bring her to Chivas but I mean I think that that it's going to be interesting to see like what skills she can bring maybe that that extra like flavor that she can bring from from playing like faster types of, of game and i mean also something that that we maybe don't talk about enough is that the amateur uh, football scene for women in in the northern part of tijuana and in that kind of region it's very well developed so a lot of talent that is currently on the league they have played there and so i mean i know that maybe people say oh i mean she's coming from the amateur side of things, how good, how good can she be? But there's a lot of really great teams and a lot of people who were working to develop the sport in Mexico were working on that region. So I think that there's a good structure there to provide players. And, you know, maybe those those are the kind of maybe not so conventional avenues to, to sign players that teams can explore that and, you know, college players because 
I think that some of the best signings that have been made on the Nelly Simons tenure were Jacqueline Rodriguez and Yashira Barrientos, and both came from college. They weren't coming in from necessarily the professional level. So I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what, what Valenzuela can bring in. We didn't get video about it, but from the tweets on the only friendly they had against Santos, they were like mentioning that she was able to get into the box a lot when playing with Yashira. So, I mean, I think that could be like an interesting thing to try. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that it could be like a, a surprise element there to, to see what she can bring to the team. And Bernal, um, I saw that she got an assist in Liguilla. She's like a very young player. So she, she's also going to be able to bring in youth minutes whenever she plays. And I mean, I'm guessing that she was part of, of a trade uh, for Andrea Sanchez. So looks like they just decided to like swap players in the same position. And I don't also think necessarily that, that she, she's a, a bad player. I mean, I think that she can bring some interesting things because she's like a, a natural in that position. So I think that we really are going to need to, to try her. And that's something that also going, is going to be part of the discussion on the game. But I also think that it can be a signing with a lot of potential. And Cynthia Rodriguez, who is coming in from the youth squad, I'm, I read that she's like a midfielder, offensive midfielder. And also I, I saw people like complaining, oh, they're just going to bring in players from the youth squad. But I think that the process that they have been doing with the, with the youth squad, I don't think that they have been accelerating it, even though it might seem that they were going to because, you know, of the need for players. Um, Cynthia has been training with the team for over a year now. She had like her second preseason at Manzanillo with the team. So this is not necessarily a player who who they're going to rush into having her, her pro debut. I mean, she's someone who knows the team, who has been training like at a professional level. So I think that her she's going to adapt really quickly. I mean, of course, there's always going to be like those nerves and, and all those things like coming in from the mental side of, of being finally on the pitch as a pro. But in terms of, of the game, I really trust that if they decided that she was ready, it's because she really is. So it's also going to be interesting to see all these young players because all of the of the signings were really young and how they how they fit in with the team and what they can bring to the table. Yeah, I'm I'm particularly interested to see what Valenzuela can do. Just because you said she comes from the the homeless World Cup is a what is it it's like six on six, right? It's like smaller pitches. Yeah, and it's like on it's not on turf, it's, it's on sand, right? Yep. Yeah, so like she can play in like small spaces and to play in smaller spaces you need to make quicker movements. So I could see that helping her in, in the box, like in a game for Chivas. So I'm I'm excited to see what maybe what she can do down the line. Because obviously right now Leach has the the start the starting striker no matter what. Yeah, and I think that bringing in players who can like make their way in small spaces is going to be really useful for something that has been a weakness for the team, and that is when when they get like really locked down in and teams get locked down defensively. So if she can be a player that can break down those defenses, then she's going to be a huge asset for the team. Yeah, and I think that's the perfect transition to um, Chivas's home opener. We had uh, Chivas versus Juarez, and um, it was a pretty lockdown game, like you said, Melissa. Chivas kind of struggled to, well, not struggled to get the ball, but more to break down Juarez because Juarez really didn't come out to attack Chivas or 
or try to go for a goal most of the game. Yeah, I mean, Juarez are coming in with a new coach, uh, Ana Cristina González, who was um, Eva Espejo's assistant at, at Pachuca. She's now having her debut as head coach. So, of course, I mean, you're kind of expecting a team that is going not going to be maybe as cohesive but they were really able to to hold down Chivas. I mean, even though Chivas had like 79% of possession, mm-hmm. it's a lot. But they weren't really able to to get onto that final third. So I think that it was kind of also a struggle for Chivas because they were also adapting to the changes in, in setup that Chore decided to use for the match. Yeah, let's go over the starting 11 real quick. At goal, as always, we have Blanca Felix. On defense, we had um, Jacqueline Rodriguez, Michelle Gonzalez, Miriam Garcia, uh, Godinez. Midfield, we had uh, Castillo Bejarano. On the wings, we had uh, Annette Vasquez, Jocelyn Montoya, and playing behind, playing in the middle of them was Jaramillo, and up front, we had Licha Cervantes. Um, it was interesting, I guess, when I saw the lineup because I had gotten used to certain players being on the pitch. And now to see who exactly is going to be the replacement for each one was interesting. Like, I'm not too familiar with uh, Damaris Godinez. So, like, she's like a new, kind of like a new player to me now since I haven't really been, since last season was the first time I, I really started following the feminine team. Yeah, Godinez has been with the team for a while and she was the starter when Villa was the coach. But then when, when Chore stepped in, uh, he's been using um, Jacqueline Rodriguez because Godinez, it, initially or usually plays as a right back mm. so they've kind of been improvising on using her as a left back and and you can tell that it's not her most comfortable side to play so i mean i'd still have her over torres <laughs> i still prefer godinez over torres mm, but it's still going to be like tough and, and you did see that um i was checking like the stats and the team had like three crosses on the on the left side and fourteen on the le- on the right. And you're seeing like the right side is uh, the side that has been playing the longest together, because you have uh, Michelle Gonzalez and and Jacqueline Rodriguez, and then up front Jocelyn Montoya. So it was like really obvious that that was the side that was working better. And I mean, also props to to Jacqueline Rodriguez because she's been playing like at a great level since last season and like she just stepped in like there hadn't been any any breaks I mean it was really great to see her and everything that she brought to the team in defense but but mostly on attack I mean she was like consistently making this really deep runs all the way to the to the final line to to bring over the ball and serving crosses and I mean this is a player that had she she had like participation in 10 goals that season, which is like one third of all the goals the team scored. So I think she's going to be like a huge asset for the team. And, and I always say this, I think that she's incredibly underrated, but I hope that, that she takes more of the spotlight this season. Yeah, she was definitely making runs um, up and down the pitch the whole game. And, uh, you know, to do it for 90 minutes was impressive. And then the other player that I'm not too familiar with was, uh, who was it? The midfield. It's like a whole new midfield for me now. <laughs> Uh, with um, Miriam Castillo and Bejarano I had seen last season so I did recognize her but Miriam Castillo is the one that I'm not too familiar with myself 
Yeah, Castillo is also like one of the veterans in the team. Um, she's been there like for for a really long while, and it was usually like she was usually the the center midfielder, um, both with Diaz, with Villa, and like with Chore, she le- she got left behind a little bit. But I've kind of always really liked her. Mm, she's more defensive, and she was also one of the players that got the most fouls. I mean, she would get get hit a lot on every match that she played. <laughs> so she was like kind of that that defensive meat that that rolls up with the punches and everything. And she has got like a really good long distance shot. She scored goals like long distance goals. And I kind of feel like that's something that was lacking. So if you have both Bejarano and Castillo in the mid, and both are kind of a little bit more defensive, then they're going to really need to to take their chances and start making those long distance shots because they both have like the firepower to to pull a goal or two or maybe an assist. So I think that's something that that the team really needs to look into and I wasn't seeing a lot of that. Yeah, the long shot something we've been asking for last season too. I remember we we were mentioned like every other episode like take more long shots because a lot of the players we used to have on the pitch were capable of making them. Yeah, and since I also think that the, having like those two more defensive center mids is also like an attempt from Chore to compensate the left back side because Godinez is still adapting and like Annette Vasquez wasn't getting a lot of minutes, so she's also going to have to to adapt to being a starter. So I think that that having Bejarano on that side is is kind of like a part to compensate defensively and make sure that they are not going to be caught off guard and. I think that like the the side that needs the most work. I mean, I think that if that left side start starts clicking, then that's going to really help out the team because I mean, I don't know if Bernal is going to to get a chance to play. Um, she wasn't even on the bench. I don't know if if this was like a something to do with paperwork because I know that other teams didn't get some of their signings available. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's just that. I mean, I saw a photo of her training today with the team, so I guess she's fit, and maybe we'll be able to see her against Mazatlán. But yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like the that left left back uh, position is like right now the the weakest link. And I mean, still props to Godinez because she was like really trying her best to be there and be able to to provide stuff for for the team. Yeah, it looks. Let's talk about the uh, the goals for Chivas. Chivas won two nil. Um, first goal came from a free kick taken by uh, Caro Jaramillo, and it got deflected by double agent Melissa Sosa for an own goal. And it was her second game in the row scoring an own goal when they played Chivas. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad <laughs> for her because I mean, I'm sure she got a lot of crap on the locker room for that. But yeah, I mean, thanks, Melissa for helping us um we really appreciate it and maybe you'll be back soon (laughs) (laughs) because i I knew that she was loaned i mean i don't know if now she's officially signed with juarez but i know that she initially went there as a loan so not sure about how that how how that's working out so yeah i mean you can return anytime and chivas is your home and we love you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean also um, it's interesting because now I feel like we're going to rely more on Caro for like set pieces mm-hmm. because usually the one who, who kicked those was Nicole or Maria. 
and even like Andrea on corner kick. So I think that's also something that the team is going to to need to adapt to the fact that they're going to find to have to find new people who can kick those those set pieces because I saw that it was like Annette who is left footed and Miriam Castillo who are taking some of the of the free kicks and I know that Isabella Gutierrez is also a player that likes to take those so they're also going to need some time to adjust to that yeah based on the game I feel like it's going to be the season of like set pieces for Chivas because a lot of open play is going to a lot of the open play goals are going to try to be through Licha Cervantes but it kind of seems like defenses are going to lock her down by like just throwing everybody at her and trying to disrupt her and it's also going to be interesting to see how she how she deals with that because like she said in past interview she's not very patient and she even said that she was going to the uh the sports psychologist for it and already on Monday you could kind of see her getting frustrated a little and not you know when as soon as she gets the ball there's someone on her and she can't really turn or stuff like that so we're gonna have to keep an eye on that too yeah she looked like really i mean i don't know not necessarily angry or or too frustrated but yeah she looked kind of like maybe tense Mm -hmm. on the pitch and also i think that she's going to feel like even more pressure this season right with with maria gone and everything i know that there's going to be like more of a pressure on her yeah to deliver the goals so I think that's also something that she's going to to need to handle, and maybe like part of of her role is going to be like pulling all those defenders to help clear off the way for for her other players. And so maybe she's not necessarily going to be finishing everything, but she's also going to be really important as a magnet to pull all, all the defenders towards her. Yeah, definitely for sure. And before we get the second goal, um, Caro Jaramillo had a shot a long range shot that hit the that bounced off the crossbar for Chivas. Um Blanca Felix had a she blocked a long range shot. At first I thought she hadn't gotten a piece of it, but then in the slow slow mo uh, replay, she got like a finger on it and then collided with the goalpost. And I'm glad she was okay because we know she has like a history of uh back injuries, so that could have been dangerous for her. Yeah, it was like a really hard hit. Mm-hmm. I mean but like she she did karate so She's probably not <laughs> so afraid of, of getting hit. But yeah, that was, I, I'm glad that she wasn't injured after that. And yeah, the long distance shots is also something that we have been seeing them practice on the, the videos that the team posts. Godinez also had like a similar play and it was like exactly as what they had been training. So like hopefully as, they, as the matches keep progressing, those are, are going to start going in because they're just going to be able to find like the rhythm to, to deliver those shots. Yeah, for sure. And then even um, you, you saw the tweet, uh, right, of Blanca Felix like joking around about her crashing into the goalpost. She was yeah, she was those. like practicing today <laughs> and she said, oh, I'm now practicing so I don't hit the goalpost when I, <laughs> when I launch. Friends. And yeah, she was practicing like her saves. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. <laughs> and then before the second goal, um, Isabella Gutierrez was subbed into the game. Uh, let me see. I think I have the minute she was subbed in. Yeah, 50. she was subbed the sixty-first minute for uh, Miriam Castillo, and she was actually like a little a little spark off the bench. I really liked how the team looked after she came onto the pitch. Yeah, I mean, kind of like in the same vein of what she did during Liguilla, mm-hmm. that she just like came in like doing trying to to do everything and pushing the team to attack. I, I really like her. I mean, I hope that that she gets like more consistent minutes or or maybe even the start. I mean, even though she's very young, I do think that she's 
she's got like a lot of talent and like you see that hunger that she has to to try and, and, and score but also like she seems to be really good at creating for others I, I saw that she made she had like I think one cross only but I mean I think that she's going to be like an interesting player to watch this season and see how, how she develops I really want to see more of her yeah she has like that like that game changer quality like as soon as she came onto the pitch you notice her and you notice the, that the team looked different so that's that's something short is definitely going to need as the season progresses and then at the 84th minute, Chivas got their second goal to lock up the win. A cross from uh, Carolina Jaramillo again, who's going to be essential this season, to Jocelyn Montoya with a really nice finish. I think that finish was um, overlooked by the league when they uh, picked their goals of the week. I don't think she was nominated, but that was a good goal from Jocelyn Montoya. Unfortunately, no uh, no runway celebration like she tends to do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Montoya on this game because... Something that that I kind of criticized about her was that she always tried to finish the plays herself, and then maybe she was like uh, doing too much, and then like she would get the, the ball taken from her. And I think that she kind of looked more settled in a role in terms of of her delivering uh, the ball to her teammates. So I liked what she did in that regard. Uh, she had seven crosses, the most of, of any other player in the in the game for Chivas, tied with with Jacqueline. Rodriguez, I think that they did a great a great pairing there. And yeah. I'm really excited also to see Montoya like take those those extra steps she needs to keep developing because she's also like a, a player who has a lot of talent, but also I mean we need to remember that she's someone who didn't have like that national team process like Nicole and Nanette did. And she also spent like a year injured. So even though she's like already twenty, she's kind of a bit maybe behind in terms of not having access to that kind of like development process. So I, I really liked what I saw. I think that she looked like more mature on that regard. And I think that it's also going to be really exciting to see her like evolve and maybe like really um, settle into being a starter because also when she got the starts last season, maybe she didn't perform as well as she did when, when she came in as a sub. So I think that's also kind of that maturity that, that we're starting to see from her. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's because maybe she's playing like less pressure football now? Now that she knows um, Bala Fox and maybe Maria Sanchez aren't there and she's kind of going to be a starter. Like, not every game maybe, but it's her position to lose now. Like, she's she's uh, at, the, at the head of the totem pole now. Yeah, I think that maybe the rumors about her leaving might have had something to do with that maybe she wanted to to like make sure that she was going to get guaranteed minutes or something yeah and yeah i mean right now like like you said i mean the starting position is hers to lose and it's going to be entirely up to her if she wants to keep starting so i mean i, I kind of feel like yeah that might be helping her and like i said it's part of her maturing and, and growing up as a, as a player yeah because maybe Maybe last season or the seasons before, she she maybe tried to do too much, kind of to be like, all right, look, I'm scoring goals, so I have to keep playing. But yeah, she without that pressure, everybody. yeah, without that pressure, and like this is my spot to lose. Maybe she free, frees herself up a little more and like plays better. Like I like what, I like how she played on Monday, one of her better games since I've been like closely watching the feminine team. And then to me, the surprise of the night were the were those uh, five to six minutes that Licha had on the wing. To, to end the game um like i said 
Juanes has been doing a, had been doing a good job of uh, locking her down, but once she went on the wing, and it's basically one on one with the with their left back, she looked explosive and was getting past their left back. Like she was, she could have created dangerous plays with better runs in the middle, and I think that's an option that Shorty might have stumbled upon, or he might have done that on purpose. I don't know. Yeah, I wanted to see more of that because mm -hmm. I think that one of the keys there is going to be. Being able to have Yashira and Licha at the same time on the pitch. I feel like um, Yashira has maybe not been so lucky in terms of the team being able to find a formation that can fully bring out the best that she has to offer. And she was kind of like in the same spot as Montoya in terms of them being like these super subs that the team had. And I, I'm kind of excited to see that combination. I think that it's going to be like an interesting one because, I mean, Yashira is comfortable playing in small spaces. She's like really good at creating and maybe that can take pressure off from Licha. So I think that having like that that setup, which also that setup, what it does is to move Montoya to the left side, which is like her, her natural side. So yeah. I think that particular combination brings out the best in all of those players. And I think that's also going to be great because even though apparently there aren't that many options on bench, the really great thing about the players that we do have is that they all can switch around. I mean, you could even move Caro to the right wing if you wanted to have both Yashira and, yeah. and Licha down the middle. I mean, I think that's going to be like a really fun thing to watch and I, and I hope that, that Chore tries to use that more often. Yeah, I, I really hope we see Licha more on the on the wing especially if teams are going to just stack two center backs on her like they they uh, like what it did on monday um well listen did you catch the uh the shorty press conference i didn't get a chance to watch it so i don't know if there's any points to pick up from it yeah i have it right here um he said that that he saw that the players have been adapting well to the change of system and he said that since they used day one of preseason, we designed a whole scheme of training so that the players would adapt to the change in the system. And I mean, he said that he just wants to the team to play well and to to be exciting for fans, which is kind of ironic thinking that we were all losing during the first half. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he also mentioned that that he was expecting the first half to be like that, to be like really close. And he also said that it was important that they had like a, a clean sheet. And that's why they adjusted on the second half so that they could be able to, to exploit that more, the fact that Juarez wasn't attacking them. So yeah, I mean, kind of like overall, like just general remarks in terms of, of the team, you know, adapting to, 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 to those changes in positions that he, he asked them to do. And yeah, I mean, I kind of think that maybe he could have stopped earlier um, but also, I mean, we also saw kind of maybe like a more mature Chore that didn't do the triple sub of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was also like interesting. And yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't know if it was like a coincidence that it worked out really well with Lich on the, on the right wing. So maybe it looks like um, this season it's not going to be about doing triple subs of death, but rather just rearranging the players <laughs> that he already has in the field. Yeah, I think this is going to be a big... Uh... A big season to see what Shorty can do with with the players that he has now. I feel like last 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 season he had a stacked roster, and now he kind of has 
it's going to be more on him to get the best out of the player that he has available to him. Yeah, I've also been mentioning that. I mean, I think that it's really apparent that he's kind of been doing his best with a lot of situations that he didn't have control over. Yeah. And I also think that it could be like a blessing in disguise, um, the roster that he currently has, because it's going to really show if he can like mature also as a coach. And I think that also not having maybe the pressure to always have, for example, a player like Maria start or play 80 minutes, I think that's also going to free him up a little bit to pursue other combinations of players that can like figure out the the weaknesses that, that Chivas has had because not being able to deal with teams like Atlas, America, or even Santos that, that really close well on their defense, I mean, that's not something new and that's like one of the biggest challenges that they have ahead. And maybe these these kinds of moves of rearranging what already is there and trying to find a way to make them click, I think that's also going to maybe even help them like break those blocks that they already have. Yeah, and then this Saturday is going to be a big test for Shorty, especially because they're playing, well, they're playing Mazatlan, who I guess to the average viewer is not a great team, but um, they actually had a good season last season. They barely didn't make the playoffs, right? They were like one spot yeah. out, and then they Bad just men's beat team, good, good women's team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they just beat Querétaro on their season opener, who who was a semifinalist and knocked out um, Atlas in the Liguilla last season. So I think that was a big upset. Quere- uh, Mazatlan beating Querétaro. Yeah, I think that everybody was expecting Querétaro to pull off the win, and and the yeah. thing is that uh, Mazatlan is a team that you know it might look new, but a lot of their players they have a lot of experience already in the league. So it was just like a matter of them getting together and and being able to play better. And I think that it's going to be a bit of a more open game. I think that there's going to be more space for Chivas to attack, but also Mazatlan is a team that can really really score a goal or or two on on Chivas, particularly with long distance shots. They, They kind of have like that really nailed down. So it's going to be interesting to see how how maybe that center mid with Bejarano and Castillo, if that's what Chore uses, can neutralize those long shots that they might going to be trying to use against Chivas. Yeah, I think it's going to be a more a more open game than what we had against Juarez, um, especially Mazatlan decides to decides to attack Chivas. And I'm I don't know we kind of kept our defense intact except for our left back, so I'm not too worried about leaking goals against like teams that are kind of offensive but not too offensive. So I think Chivas should be okay on Saturday. And that's going to be an early game, um, 11 in the morning for me. So that's, what, 10 a.m. for you? Yep, I'm going to make some pancakes and <laughs> have, like, a Saturday morning, like, really getting breakfast and watching Chivas. And also the great thing is that uh, Mazatlan stream all their games on Facebook. Oh, nice. So it's going to be, like, really easy to, to access for everyone. So no no issues trying to look for weird streams. To watch this one so yeah i mean just, just going to settle in with your breakfast or coffee or whatever and and watch the team play um yeah that that reminds me did um the chivas feminine sign a tv contract with uh fox sports because i saw i saw like tweets with videos with um fox narration and not the chivas tv uh commentators mm, yeah i mean um chivas usually get their home games on TV through Fox and okay. like there's also like the Chivas TV option so you can do either in Mexico 
okay. I usually watch them on Chivas TV because um, I think it's like a more direct way to support the team and also because you kind of get more like first-hand info on the players if anyone's injured or anything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hardly ever see them on Fox, but yeah, I mean, they, they're usually there. Oh, okay. I thought they were um, like Chivas TV exclusive in Mexico. I don't know that they also did um, Fox. Yeah, Fox usually has like a bunch of the of the women's team, the women's league matches on on their network in Mexico. All right, that's good. That's good to know. And then before we get to the closing Chivas rumor, uh, do you want to make prediction on where Chivas ends on the table to end the season? Mm, I think it's going to be between sixth and eighth. <laughs> that's what we predicted for the men's on the men's part. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think six to eighth is um, I think realistic to where they where they're gonna end in the to end the season. It's funny because I was checking like the stats report and they are putting like the predicted liguilla since jornada one. Yeah, and it was like we were getting we we would be against Cruz Azul and I was like, okay, can we end it now? And was, like <laughs> play Cruz Azul and go to the semifinals. <laughs> like yeah, just end it. Like play the liguilla as it is right now. Yeah, I mean, you have to assume it's going to be 6th or 8th, right? Because what, 1 and 2, I feel, are locked up between Rayadas and Tigres. And then just under them are probably America and Atlas. America signed a bunch of players, so they did a good job of reinforcing their team. And then the 5th, who do you think would be the 5th spot? Pachuca? I think maybe Pachuca or Pumas. Because Pumas got um, Dinora Garza from Rayadas. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a really great player. She scored, like, on her debut. So they got a bunch of really good players to to reinforce themselves. So I think that it's going to be there between Pachuca or Pumas. Okay. Yeah, and then that's when Chivas will come in 6th to 8th. All right, so 6th to 8th. We're going to go We're gonna go with that. And, and then the final thing we're going to talk about, we got Chivas rumors. Uh, Melissa, you want to talk about this one? Yeah, so in the... Pelotero's uh, program, which is like a bunch of journalists that usually cover Chivas, um, they were mentioning, I think it was uh, Chema Garrido who, who said this, that um, the team are looking into asking Marion Reimers to, to be Nelly Simon's replacement as sporting director. So for those who might not know her, uh, Marion Reimers is like a She's like a huge sports journalist in Mexico. She's like a commentator. She's usually on on Champions League games. So she's like one of the biggest uh, profile women in, in sports journalism in Mexico. So she's like a, a big name. So it's kind of like a similar profile to what Nelly Simon had, like bringing in someone from sports media as a sporting director. And Reimers, she also has like a coaching degree. So And she's also been like covering the league the women's league since day one. She's like a she's always been like a very vocal advocate of the league and like of women's sports. So she kind of has that that profile and I mean I don't know. I mean first, um just like the timing of the rumor in terms of, you know, the season just started. I mean apparently Nelly is, is still under contract with the team. But also the interesting part is that we haven't really seen Nelly. I mean, she wasn't like on any public photos of the of the preseason. She didn't have like the you know they usually post like photos of her with with the signings um, when they are signing their contract, and she wasn't there. 
So, I mean, we haven't really seen her since that video where she was clearing up the situations with the team. So, I mean, it's safe to say that that there's definitely something going on there and probably Amaury and, and Leaño must be looking into a replacement. Not necessarily that I think that uh, Marion is going to be there and the next sporting director, but if there's like a rumor that there's going to, to be a change, then I think that we can kind of like hint that there's like a, obviously a plan in place to start uh, doing or, or, or seeing what they need for the summer transfer window. So it's in, it's interesting. I mean, in terms of, of whether I, I would like to see Marion as a sporting director, I mean, I think that she's someone who's very knowledgeable about the league. Um, she already has like that coaching degree, so she also has like that side down well. And... I mean, also the thing is that there aren't that many like women specialized profiles in Mexico. I mean, besides Seba Espejo, who I wanted as a sporting director, and like that's done. Yeah. She's now at Pachuca. I mean, she's going to stay at Pachuca, clearly. I mean, who else can you bring? Unless you want to bring in someone like Maribel Dominguez or Monica Vergara, who would have to leave like national team coaching positions. And then you maybe have Andrea Rodebau, who is at FIFA. And, like, you're also not going to convince her that easily to come in. So, I mean, if you want to, to appoint someone, I mean, there aren't that many options. Unless you want to go maybe with someone who is not as known publicly, but who has, like, a lot of experience, like Mercedes Rodriguez. Um, Mercedes Rodriguez is uh, one of the, like, the pioneers in developing the sport in Mexico. Maybe she hasn't been... Like such a, she hasn't gotten like as much spotlight, but she had an academy in Torreón, I think, in Coahuila, and like through her academy, some players from the league have have been have played there before the league existed as a professional um, opportunity. Cecilia Santiago trained with her, and I think that she was a coaching assistant for Cruz Azul, so like she's been on that position before, and I think that. It's going to be interesting to see who they appoint, if they're going to make that change. I mean, I don't think that, that they're going to, to announce it right now. I think that they're, they must be just like exploring their options and see and see who they can get that, that's going to fit with the team. But I mean, it's, it's interesting. Just the, the fact that there are rumors already, I mean, there must be something going on there. Yeah, and Nelly's, is Nelly Simone's contract up at the end of the season? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't oh, okay. see when, but I would assume so because, you know, usually in the league what they do is like year-long contracts and they usually end in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that that they would like just wait until her contract runs out and, yeah. and then just like, I don't know if they would change um, Chore as a coach. I think that it's going to be, that's going to depend on, on like how the team performs. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's probably just going to be looking into into options and seeing seeing what's what's what works for the team because I mean I, I, I've said it before. I mean I don't think that everything is necessarily Nelly's fault. And I don't think that she's like to blame, the only person to blame here, but if her relationship with the players is like really broken down and like there's no way to fix it right now, then it's like for the best, like for her and for the team to just like part ways. I mean, it doesn't mean that she is not capable of of being a good sporting director. It's just simply that things didn't seem to work out here. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a situation to uh, 
keep our eye on as the season progresses. I'm sure there are going to be more more sporting director rumors as the season goes. Yeah, and, and the thing with, with Marion Reimers is that she's like a very self-professed Chivas fan. So I know that people criticize Nelly for being <laughs> Americanista. So if, if Marion Reimers gets the, the position, then that's not going to be a concern. She's as Chivas as they come. Right, there you go. So she'll be a welcome addition to Chivas Feminine. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that she's like um, a bit of a polarizing figure in Mexico because um, she's openly like very feminist and she had like the, this very like strong um, political stance in terms of women's rights. And I know that doesn't sit well with a lot of, of viewers and, and people and like she gets a lot of attacks on that front. But I think that she's like a very capable um, woman. She's like clearly very knowledgeable about the sport and she'd like really work hard to, to get to where she is. I mean, to be a woman commentating champions league matches, like even in Latin and even more so in, in Latin America, I mean, it's not an easy job to land. And like, I mean, I, I don't know. I respect her a lot. I think that, that she could be like a, a really good addition to the team. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the sporting director position at the end of the season. Uh, Melissa, anything else to add before we wrap up? Mm, not really. Just like we'll just keep seeing how how the team does. I mean, overall, I think that it's not going to be like an spectacular season like the last. But I do think that this team can can like pull off some interesting results and like just a matter of seeing how how they evolve and how the players mature and how Chore also matures as a coach. So, I mean, I think that it's going to be like a fun ride. I mean, if anything. Being a Chivas fan is never boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, just like going to to keep on supporting and just like a reminder that the next game is going to be on, on Facebook. I'll be posting the link like closer to the to the dates of the game. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be like really easy to watch. So if anyone has a chance to, to do it, like check it out. Yep, there you have it. Chivas Mazatlan, Saturday morning. And we'll be back next week talking about that game and any other Chivas Femenin news that may arise. Uh, Thank you for listening. This has been the Chivas del Norte podcast. We are out.